basically it's all about value for the users and then for the company if there's no value and i just have but a nice, bad order like <laughs> yeah so if i have a nice mock-up and i want to have that feature and no one cares why should we invest time and no one will use it so that's pretty that's very important Welcome to the Product Quest Podcast. Thank you for joining us on our journey to better understand innovation and product strategy. My name is Jan Wermut, and joining me, as always, my co host Jonathan Edwards and Scott Burson. Our guest today is Wolfram Nagel, senior UX designer at Teamure. I think it's fair to say that Wolfram has been in UX before it was cool and has worked in many different companies as well and as a free UX freelancer. He's published a book on multi-screen UX design. He's the co-founder and main curator of designmethodsfinder.com. He's a public speaker and regularly publishes insightful articles on wolframnagel.medium.com. In addition to that, uh, the likelihood to meet him at the jobs to be done or UX meetup is quite high, and, and that's a compliment. So he's always a good addition to all of these events. And uh, so today we'll take a deep dive into how UX and jobs to be done um, kind of relate and why they are um, hopefully a match made in heaven. So Wolfram, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me. Uh, it's an honor to be here and I'm looking forward to, to it. Very great. Okay. I have, well, we've talked about this before, so it seems like we're, we're now in this position and I really like this, that we're starting to have listeners on the podcast. So that, I think that's a very nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice Actually, thing. yes. Uh, I, I didn't manage to uh, uh, listen to all the episodes yet, but they yeah. are still uh, on the list. Yeah. And that's nice to know. Okay. Yeah. So, well, maybe if you could start a little bit with with explaining a bit what UX is. I mean, that's a term that is it it has kind of really hyped up more and more. It's there are UX positions everywhere, so and UX designers everywhere. But still, so could you elaborate a little bit what it actually is that you do? What does a UX designer do, and what what is UX maybe in the broadest in the broadest sense? Yeah, sure, uh, I will do that. So. I, first of all, I need to make clear that there are different in, definitions out there and maybe some people disagree somehow, not in general, but there are slightly different definitions. So my definition, actually, I also introduced this to my colleagues uh, since three, three years now, um, is that UX is user experience. So UX is user experience and uh, it, it's basically defining how, uh, how, a how a user's experience is with a solution, a product, a service, whatever. And it covers a lot of different roles. So when I came across that uh, many years ago, I, I also didn't understand what it is. There are different roles out there. What does, what means what? And I found with the help of other sources, the definition. So it's, it's, it's from beginning is what, what does a user need? What is a user? What are user needs? What, how do they use the product? So that, basically uh, done and solved with the user research or UX research. And then it also has a lot to do with uh, uh, how the service looks like in the end, how content is structured. You, so you can only uh, start with a interface, visual interface, UI, or also audio interfaces when you know about the content that needs to be communicated. So this relates to UX as well. UI, and if you talk about visual, so if the layout relates to that, UI design, for example, yeah. And also separated but overlapping visual design. 
also important, but it's not UI itself, in my opinion. It's, you can do a UI without caring about colors and the details. This is visual design then. Uh, very often it's the same, but you can separate it. And also how users interact with the product. So interaction design goes into that direction. And so this covers the whole thing from what a user need, what, the, what are the users, what do they need, what content and features and functionality can we deliver? How does this look like? How does it look like in general? How is it organized? How is it structured, the content, information, architecture? Yeah. And how can it be used in the end? So that's my definition of UX. Not yeah. to forget, maybe you all know that Venn diagram, the business perspective and uh, the, the tech, techn technology perspective. So if it's not feasible, my, my mock-up is worth nothing. So yeah. that's my definition yeah. in a nutshell. That's very interesting. So, so I, I like that in the end you put in this. There is kind of an additional layer of of, of business and aspect. I mean, you're, it's for for companies. There is also, I think, in your writing, very often you make this connection, and it's a term that appears very often is to value. So that, that there is somehow UX needs to create stuff that has value. Is that fair to say? Or that's, I mean, that's the overall goal, and that's what I'm telling everyone when we talk about UX and products and whatever. Um, if there's no problem out there, no need, no job, uh, this which can be addressed with a specific solution or UI or whatever, um, there's no value. So, and what we want to do, we want to create value for our users or customers. And if we don't do it completely wrong, we also create indirectly or directly or automatically value for the company because then users use our product, they they pay for it, they buy it, and so on. So. If there's no, so it's basically, it's all about value for the users and then for the company. If there's no value and I just have but a in nice- that order, like- <laughs> Yeah, so if I have a nice mock-up and I want to have that feature and no one cares, why should we invest time and no one will use it? So that's pretty, that's very important. Yeah. And this yeah. also influences then the business perspective, right? So- Yeah, in what sense? So, so just- if my mockup is, looks nice, I like it. If it's not feasible and okay. if there's no value for users, we it doesn't make sense. That's it. Yeah. So that's quite a high level perspective. I think like a high level perspective that you need to have as a UX UX designer and and covering all these different perspectives. So I would be really interested in in in, of course, I mean. We basically said we're not the jobs to be done podcast, but I think uh, it turns out to be a rather important topic. So, how how does UX for you and jobs to be done relate? How do you bring these two together? You mentioned it a little bit already in the in in how you explain UX, basically. Um, for me, since I came across jobs to be done many years ago, um, it's the the base for good good UX. You can use other frameworks and and mindsets and and, and approaches. Um, but jobs to be done, I mean, we talk about what is the job of a user and what are the underlying needs. And that's what we are going to, that's what we want to solve and to address the most important needs we want to address. And by doing this, by having this in mind, this is the, the base for everything that comes next. So the any UI, I, any idea, any feature we have in mind, um, is based on the needs we are going to, to, to address. That's why jobs to be done. For me, since I know about jobs to be done, I cannot do UX anymore without that jobs to be done <laughs> uh, support thing. That's nice. I think it's. Uh, oh yeah, go on, John. 
Oh, you're on. So, um, so uh, interaction uh, design UI is a part of uh, UX, right? So, is, is For me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, what do you start with in in a UX, uh, let's say, approach? What what are the first steps? So. I do. I, I need to understand the users where where it's coming from. So we, we um when normally or that's often how, how it happens. Uh, someone comes to you and I need that. Often it's a feature, right? So you put features on a roadmap, and uh, I often use the example with a bridge. Someone comes to me and Wolfram, please, we need a bridge in two weeks, two months, whatever. And then I say, okay. Uh, but I can't do that bridge. So I don't know what kind of bridge you, you you need. Why do you need it? What are we going to solve? What what are the uses? What will be the uses of that bridge? What's the context? What's their job? Okay, the job is uh, crossing the river, for example, right? And then I need to know, is it a, a large group of people? How often do they cross the river? Only once and so on. And then maybe we do not even need the bridge. Maybe we can swim across the river or we can build a raft or whatever. That's the metaphor I very often uh, uh, use. Um, and that's, yeah, so yeah. that's how I, so I, how I explain it, if that makes sense. I think that's a great service to whoever yeah. requested the bridge. <laughs> the, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of different designers and, um, I wish they would ask me those questions, you know, but it's more common that they go to the, you know, the color and the fonts and the, and the sort of, to me, what are like, I hate details, but it's like, but it doesn't matter how beautiful it is if I can't get across the river, <laughs> right? Exactly. Then, you know? Yeah. So if I would have been in San Francisco last week and someone comes to me, uh, I need a bridge, I would build something like Golden Gate Bridge. I don't know, right? Yeah. So, uh, but I was in the woods in the uh, on the weekend, maybe it would be a wooden bridge, but both are bridges. So, but both are nice, but I, I need to know what, what the basis are. I never previously, maybe I did also uh, jump too early into the solution space and, oh, let's do the mock-up, but I cannot create any mock-up or, or even create ideas in a project when I don't know why we are doing this, what is the goal, what is the job, what is the what are the users, what is the need. So that's the base. That's why. And I use jobs to be done. That helps me to to get started, to to clarify the the basic information for me to to do that. It's uh, really uh, interesting. It sounds it sounds almost like this is. I mean, and and you mentioned that like there is there is a life as a designer before jobs to be done and one after. So at one point you kind of it, and then you cannot go back in a certain sense. But it almost sounds like it is now the way you described it is also it helps you against against kinds of biases. So. Last week, I saw maybe some kinds of solution I had, or I listened in on a, on, a, on a sales conversation or whatever, and that's what I have in mind, and that's what I'm going to build, but maybe that's the completely wrong solution. So it sounds like it also helps you almost against class, against biases in a certain sense. Yeah, sure. So I wanna, I don't want to have the solution in mind. Rather, I have the problem in mind, So and then uh, several solutions come across me and I can connect these to all these potential ideas or solutions to the problem or the need or the how doesn't matter how you want to call it. If you kind of call it job or problem, I don't care on a higher level, yeah. um, but that's what I need to know. 
that's what we want to solve. And we need to align on that with my colleagues, product owner, uh, product managers, other stakeholders, whoever. We need to align on, um, so I'm overusing that 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 uh, term and phrase, but we need to align on the job. If this is clear and if we know about the needs, so let's prioritize the right, there are hundreds of needs. Can we please pick the five to 10 that we define as relevant on based on whatever data and insights we gather and then let's go. Okay. okay. Yeah, there's, this, there's this old designer phrase, form follows function, uh, which it seems to be, it's, it, it's, it seems to be very consistent with jobs to be done, right? And like before yeah. we figure out what it looks like, what the fonts are, what the colors are, is it a radio button? Is it a slider or whatever? Like follows function, which is really just another way of what should it be doing and, and for who. Uh, once we once we determine what function it should accomplish, then then we can make it pretty. <laughs> correct, correct. And and this this uh, top Sweden framework or way of thinking helps me to. It's easy to explain that form follows function, which is just a phrase. Makes sense, maybe. But with the tools and the yeah. and the jobs we done stuff around, it's 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 tangible, right? So you can really work with that. Um, yeah. I I had I wanted to come back to the uh, experience part of user experience. Uh, how does this how how can we frame an experience in terms of of jobs? Uh, this is probably not a I don't know if this is a an easy question to answer, but. Um, is an experience a kind of job or is it uh, how how does one create a good experience uh, maybe this is not the right uh, uh, definition of a user experience maybe that's not what people mean when they talk about user experience but just the word experience to me uh, i'm wondering okay what is it what makes a good experience what what is a good experience of doing something that's a well, that's a very good question um hard to answer actually um some people some not uh, experienced people say even you cannot design an experience maybe they are there maybe that's that's right um but that's an uh, maybe another topic um but the experience in general is so when i use a product how do i so how do i feel does it help me do i get better can i get something done faster easier cheaper i don't know and experience and user experience has a lot to do with psychology so how do i feel when i use a product or you can uh, you can actually influence the perceived performance of a product it's, it's just an example by simulating that it's faster than it actually is so uh, a nice loading bar or i don't know maybe there comes a choke up while the loading takes so long there's a choke and you do not even realize that it takes two minutes compared to the one which only shows me a loading bar for 30 seconds, which which takes ages. Mm -hmm. So it feels like it takes mm -hmm. ages. So that's the experience. And that's what can be influenced by understanding psychology, understanding so psychological uh, details of your users. There are different types of users, which goes into neuroscience, neuromarketing. I, I, I got into that some years ago, also when I wrote, uh, wrote my book. Um, and maybe also emotional jobs go also, uh, go also yeah. uh, in, in that direction. So that's what you need to consider. And how do users feel when they use a product? That's that's 
my experience. Does it make sense? Do I like the product? Does it look good? So visual design plays an important role. For example, when I have two products, you can only compare when they have the same functionality. So when they do the, when they do exactly the same, two products, and the one looks better. I, I don't say that it's uh, uh, objectively the, 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 the nicer one, but I think I like that more because I don't know, rounded buttons, the color is nice, white space, well-adjusted uh, components and stuff. This also influences the experience. And uh, yeah. security, do I feel secure when I use that email tool? Yes or no? And what about my data? All this uh, relates to user experience and influences the experience. Is it good or bad? I really like how you stress this, that it's it's perceived performance. So there is one, I mean, one element we can say, okay, this kind of, it's an engineering question. We can measure how long it takes until it loads or whatever, uh, engineering in the yeah. stupid sense, but like we can, but it's about perceived performance. So that's what you want to design. I, there, so it makes me think of, a, um, there is, so these, there are gas grills and we once did a project on gas grills. And one of the, the, the issues that came up is that people who use those things that they're afraid that the thing will explode. Right. If you use yeah. fire and cold, it won't explode. It will just burn. But gas, there is this fear that could explode. Now, every engineer will tell you the likelihood that that happens is it's, it's like winning the lottery, something like that. So it's very unlikely that it will happen. But perceived, the perception of the people is, I am afraid that it will happen. So what exactly. the company did is they did a kind of a green light around around the 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 where you set the temperature basically, and when it's green, it means the gas is flowing, everything is fine. But on a that it's it's not a better grill in any technical sense, but the perceived performance is is better. It's funny because when when you yeah. talked about this grill, what I expected, what you were going to say is that people enjoy fires more than the, the experience of a fire <laughs> is someone people want. So the crackle yeah. of the the the, the flames, yeah. the 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 light, and everything. I mean, I, I would imagine that probably plays a role too. Yeah. And that. This is again the bridge to jobs to be done because you you can yeah. uh, uh, you can say it will never explode, but if you uh, research customers, talk to them, and you find out that there are needs, uh, oh, I fear that it will explode, and you so this is only one customer you do in qualitative research, but then you can also quantify it later, ask one hundred or two hundred others, and if yeah. this need got rated high. You need a solution that this fear is addressed. Maybe an indicator yes. that, that tells you, no problem, you are safe. And, and that's actually, that's the experience, psychology, qualitatively researched and quantified with the help of jobs to be done. And then you can, and you can also prioritize. And this is the most important need. We, we can win in the market if we get this fear done better than any other krill. And then yeah. we will win because they buy that krill, uh, yeah. that krill. And another example in that area, uh, if you know that your your job performers or your, your personas or you, users, however, also psych, uh, psycholo uh, psychology and UX plays an important role. Maybe there are some, the, the hard guys that want to feel like I live in the woods and want to make fire they would not buy that gas grill, right? No, so no, they, no. They, they, they want to see the yeah. fire and they want to use wood and whatnot. And others, maybe I tend to be like a uh, thinking in, in city people like me, right? Yeah, city people no, like yeah, me, city, I lose, maybe, I have an electric grill. So that's yeah. like 
take me. So I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to smell like I was uh, yes. standing in a fire. This is an important need for me. So yeah. maybe I will never buy that, uh, that, that uh, grill that uses wood. So I want to have that gas grill, for example. And yeah. this again, psychology, how do I feel? Maybe em emotional needs, whatever can be researched pretty well and find out and quantified with jobs to be done. That's why that's why this is the for me a must have for UX. That's the reason. That's uh, mm -hmm. that's nice way. Yeah. In um, so in terms of these tricks, I really like this idea. I I'd never, funnily enough, never really I had recognized these little psychological tricks, but I I, I never uh, really thought about it that much. But it's it's everywhere actually when you think about it and. One thing I definitely like a lot in the in the US and in other countries, and I we don't do this in Europe, unfortunately, is uh, traffic lights. Uh, when you're waiting for the traffic light in the US, there's a counter, and it's true that I'm quite impatient actually, and I, I always <laughs> get a bit. Oh, when is this traffic light going to turn green? And just the fact that you have a counter, I think, really enhances the experience in a in a big way. And and I was wondering, so uh, how do you identify the places where you will use these uh, kind of tricks? So in a project, when does it ari arise the, the time when you say, hmm, here we need a, a trick or uh, like I'm calling it a trick. I don't know if it's the right word, but a solution. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, so maybe it's a trick maybe it's maybe it can also tend to be a dark ux pattern if you uh, use that too much so you need to be careful with that um i cannot really tell you when this turns out but when you constantly talk to your uh users and with each iteration you you so normally we tend to we know our customers we know what they need and this that's a solution fine so always when i go when i have my nice super mock-up click them ready and i like intrinsically i on a um uh I, no not int intrinsically i i i just want to I'm, I'm ready to get a confirmation because it's so nice and uh a check mark and then we can go to production it always or very often happens oh i'm i was wrong because they behave differently yeah. and and if you but that's that's fine. That's okay, and that's that's uh, you, design is never done. You can always improve and blah blah blah. Um, but if you do that constantly, you 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 show what you have either the mock-up or the prototype, or you you talk about the already published uh, solution product which is out there, and you I don't I mean I mean you you observe them, you you talk to them, do interviews, whatever test, and then you can find out these little problems or underserved needs or or, or uh, pains or fears whatever and then okay but it's qualitative uh, I we should not jump onto a solution so we need to fix this because this customer said it but again we use jobs to be done to okay this is a sounds valid reasonable but now we have 50 of these needs what do we do first we quantify um, I guess you, Jan, do it similarly, and it's pretty much coming from uh, ODI, outcome-driven innovation. That's why also where I am coming from, and that's uh, I, um, so that's I read a lot yeah. about that, and it makes a lot of sense. So that's how you can quantify these needs, and then maybe this fear with the grill or uh, something else is the most important one. So let's fix that first. 
Yeah. So, and then you have confidence when you ship your new, new grill with that green light, you have confidence that this will make sense. Because if you just, yeah. if you're like only idea driven, oh, let's, let's do that light and let's do this and that. I think that makes sense. We are convinced internally everyone likes it, but maybe not. But if you're uh, quantified with 200 customers, um, then you can be more or less confident that this is not a waste of time, what you, what you did. Yeah. So uh, my, uh, what, uh, my uh, kind of question is, is around the, so I mean, I, we we all understand that jobs to be done. Uh, so we want to find the right opportunities and rank the the needs. Um, I think that's really important. What I'm wondering is when do this? So when do you decide to make a technical solution, and when do you go for a psychological trick? So, but and I guess the answer is pretty obvious that you would, if you can't change the product for some reason in a fundamental way, or there's some kind of um, you know, just feasibility issue of of actually uh, solving this this particular issue of time or whatever the problem might be, then you will try and use a, a trick. But beyond that, I was wondering. So, what? It, where do you? How can one get ideas about these tricks? So, so what are the? So we know the time one. Are there any others? And and how can can one think about these? Uh, say say I have a problem with, um, you know okay something fairly generic like ease of use or something i guess a product is not easy to use so is there some psychological thing to make people think it's easier to use or if there's um, um and i'm aware that easy to use is a bit of a gen generic term but you see what i mean it's when we have these outcomes is there kind of a bag of tricks to, that we can uh, go in and use and uh, of these psychological things because as they're not logical somehow i mean these tricks are not very logical they're, they're just based on psychology is there how does one use them and find them i mean that that's the so maybe there's a uh, there's a, um, a bag of tricks I, I i don't have one but uh, what, what i would do uh, if um users tend to to complain a lot about ease of use for example this the ease of use is not is it's not tangible enough so we need to find yeah, it's out. not tangible yeah yeah but but it's okay they they tell us your product is not easy to use a, a lot of complaints okay let's take that yeah go out talk to them why so and then comes the jobs interview technique or open discussions why is it not easy to use yeah because this or that uh, okay and why is this a problem yeah, because you saw that. And what? Yeah, I want to do this. Ah, you want to do this. And la, 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 la. And then you, at some point, you find out the needs. And you can, uh, so that's how, how I do it normally. Did I get you right? You want to minimize the time it takes to get that grill running. I don't know. So, or you, you want to log into the product. Yes, you got me right. Okay, so logged in. And some other, many other needs as well. And then... This is still qualitative. I I cannot really rely on that. We 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 could, but I would quantify it. And the ones that got the highest rating, that's what we want to solve. The trick with the make it look like it's going fast or solve it te uh, with technology, I don't know. So the research part is the is the, the first part. You 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 uh, diverge, converge. You you define the most important problems, pains, needs, whatever you're going to solve. And then you go into solution space. 
and many solutions are uh, are allowed. So you diverge and converge again. So a lot of ideation, brainstorming, talk to your uh, developers or, or product people, hmm. and then you have a lot of ideas. So we could solve it te uh, with technology. Good idea. Let's check if it's feasible. Maybe it's not feasible. Then can we at least improve how they perceive the the speed of this specific step? Yeah. And can we bring in a, a joke? It's not. It takes not that long, or, or whatever, or a spinner, and and it, keep them informed, or just say, "Oh, sorry, this takes long because we have to compile a lot of data." Maybe they already accept this excuse. We are we are open, and we tell them. And we check afterwards if we improve that problem, and that's how I would approach it. So I have no no bag of tricks, but this trick is actually uh, this trick is actually also just a solution to a to a to a problem or to need. Can be done with a trick, can be done with technology, can be done. I don't know. Yeah. In but this example, is it fair to say your so your first attempt? If, well, if the need is to get it done faster, to get this to process faster, that your first ideas are actually, let's make it faster. But yeah. then when you sort of bump against the limit, okay, we've we've gone, uh, we've done as well as we can to make it faster in reality, something we can measure. Now, how can we additionally work on the perception of time? Is that, am I following that correctly? Yeah, so that's how I would uh, yeah. phrase it as well. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, this is not a digital example, but like um, you go to an amusement park like uh, Disney World in the United States that has very long lines. Um, it's one of the biggest complaints, but one of the things they'll do is they'll have entertainment uh, along yeah. the queues, games for the children to play. They have little yeah. games where you interact with the phone, with whatever uh, things are physically around you. Again, because uh, certainly if the children are screaming, uh, that's going to, uh, so your, nice. your perception yeah. of time can go the other way too, right? If everything's really miserable, you can perceive it to be, take a lot longer than it's actually taking. Yeah. And it actually, it, it can, it can turn uh, to the opposite when, uh, children know about this, uh, stuff around the, the, uh, when they have to wait, um, and they are maybe disappointed next time they go there and there's no queue, right? So <laughs> they will miss that entertainment, yeah. right? Right. So, then yeah. then you 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 know okay this is a good solution because they are yeah. disappointed they need to go to that thing directly without waiting all right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what actually... i like about this approach is that we're thinking about these two realms one is how how can we solve the problem in a measurable way in an objectively measurable way but we're out but then we're not done now how can we also address the now that is maybe this is where the design comes in how can we reinforce or maybe address um shortcomings of our design or, or how we of how well we could objectively move it to impact the perception yeah, yeah. i like it i i like i want to get to maybe this this you have a, a more concept so i there was a, there was this instance where i said well and then la 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 i do the thing but i think there is a lot of work that goes that goes into that and you have kind of a whole a whole framework basically around it. And I want to, I mean, now we're talking about, I think maybe you call this the, the phase where, where stuff gets materialized. Right? So when we, a solution, and you use this, I think that's a beautiful word to use where you say it's not about, it's something materializes in there. So could you maybe explain a little bit on your, like your general framework that, that you have? I think you call this, this the customer-centric value creation framework and, and, and what, what that is? 
Yeah, so uh, shall I sh share uh, um, the framework? In, uh, I have a, sure. I, I can show sure. it. So maybe sure. the ones yeah. on uh, that listen only cannot see it, but um, I can share my screen. All the more reason for uh, folks just listening to go find our YouTube channel, Product Quest Podcast. Yeah. Okay. So, do you see it? Yes. Okay. You you see my screen, right? Okay. Yep. Um. So that's basically the the framework uh, you're, you're talking about. So that's the high level view. Uh, you maybe recognize some terms from design thinking or other frameworks. So we do we didn't do it from scratch, but it's yeah it's aligned with our approach with our mindset. So that's why we we did this. And the the detailed version looks like this. You maybe oh, recognize wow. the double diamond. It uh, looks okay. more uh, more complex than it actually is. We use this to explain what what we are doing, um, and so we have like uh, three phases. We have the first. So if people know, I'm pretty sure people know the double diamond. So these are the first uh, circles in our framework, and the framework actually explains research and development. The first circle or the first diamond, you all, uh, you guys all know, is the the, the first uh, the, the research phase so understanding the user yeah. and 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 in that uh area we use jobs to be done so doing the re qualitative research and quantifying in the end and then make a decision and prioritize the needs we are going to solve that that's the first part then you can go into the ideation exploration phase think about solutions how can we address these needs is it feasible and so on and once this phase is done, so you you decide on you do a uh, click dummy and test it, or I'm I'm thinking from a software perspective, but with other products, it's it's, yeah. it's you can do it the same way. So once you decide, yo, that's the new feature, that's a new product that makes sense. Never forget where you're coming from, the initial uh, need and problem you're going or the job you're going to solve. Once this is decided it goes into the development phase. So materializing the stuff. So you, you come from the need, you find ideas and solutions for the most relevant needs. You decide on the one solution or feature, and then it goes into, can be HR development or I don't care any other. So we use uh, build, measure, learn, um, uh, HR and scrum, but you can also attach any other uh, development yeah. approach to that. And then you just uh, develop um, what has been defined and designed based on the quantified and research needs. That's pretty much in a nutshell. So double diamond plus another one uh, similar to what Sendes does, which is then the materializing phase. And all these around each of these, I'm explaining for the ones who only listen, Around each of these uh, three diamonds, there's a circle, which is which means this circle is independent. So I can re research all the time uh, without caring about the exploration design phase and the materializing phase. But when I got and so there and also I can design and create a better idea and better solutions independent of the research in the materializing phase. And same with the materializing phase. But once we got a new result from one of these diamonds or circles, I can hand it over to the next one. So we do some research and the world changed maybe like in March, 2020, the whole world changed and needs uh, got rated a bit different. So everyone was yeah. at home and so on. 
and then you, you find that out, new insights, new important needs or problems or pain points to solve, and you can hand it over to the design phase. Work on a design, maybe you have time pressure, maybe not. It can take a week or if you can take one year. Uh, I don't care in that sense. Once you have a decision, this solution makes sense, addresses the need we found out, then you can hand it over to the materializing phase. Put the stuff into the backlog if you work in Scrum and stuff, then, and then just work on those and, and materialize the solutions. So three circles yeah. or three diamonds, research, design, development. That's that's basically it. And they we want use things that framework. Up. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I love about this that's it's different than a lot of processes you see is, well, we commonly see the double diamond, right? Where we diverge and converge. But if I'm, I'm looking at the sort of the three major phases, the first one's about understanding in which we uncover needs. The next one is about exploring, in which we define solutions. And then we say materialize where we're de developing or commercializing that solution. But what really jumps out at me is within understand understand you have a cycle it's not just going it's just not you're not diverging converging and you're complete you're you're still cycling around so and and you do the same for explore and the same for materialize i wonder if you could you tell us a little bit about why that's a cycle as opposed to you know just going straight from understand to explore so you can go straight fine and uh double double diamond is great uh framework but I would say it's not done. So I can do research all the time. So or maybe I'm a rather generalist. So I do the research and the exploration phase uh, and my colleagues as well. Um, but maybe there's a research department. They can do that. I mean, they do not. They cannot only do. They do the whole day, nothing else than doing research. And they can inform the exploration part, the designers, the developers. I don't know who's responsible in, 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 uh, in a specific company. They can inform them, look, we found out the needs we had before. We found out five important needs. People uh, fear with that gas grill uh, that it explodes. We, we, we Maybe you didn't know before, or we started with an assumption for the first iteration and with the uh, MVP or whatever you created. Now we found out that this is an issue. Maybe it can also, this issue can even appear after, based on the first iteration you released. And then a new need yeah. appeared or a new pain point appeared or problem or fear, whatever. We found out that this is now the order of problems. Maybe you solved the other problems already well enough. So no need to improve that feature even more. It's, uh, it's addressed good enough. So fine. Do not over uh, engineer it. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't make any more money because it's solved well enough and no one would pay more money for an even better feature. So, but now we found out, um, there's another need, another problem or the, the new prior primary problem, however you call it. Um, and then you can inform the, inform the exploration phase and this can, and I can design the whole day and nothing will be released because the backlog is full. They have no time to, to pick something from there. And it's already, too important but then i mean i can push or they can pull from the previous phase so that's and yeah. i mean in in one sentence design is never done product is never done there's always room for improvement that's why i think these circles make sense yeah so yeah. i i have to say i really like this and i i really also just to um expand on what scott was saying i i really like the 
use of the loops and making this explicit um in um this old theory of uh, the let's say the origins of uh, of uh, ai and all this uh, people uh, there was this theory called cybernetics and in cybernetics people talk a lot about uh, feedback loops and the idea being that uh, we basically hone in on a, an objective or a goal uh, by through feedback of observation and then changing course and then by doing this repeatedly we we can reach some kind of uh, goal or objective um, and i had a so my question is what is the feed? So maybe for listeners, so we have these three phases, understand, explore, and materialize. Each of these phases is a loop in itself. And then we have wider loops going around um, that can be, uh, so wider loops going around these. Um, my question here is, so the understand phase, uh, which is the one that, where we def hone in on the user needs, how do you, what prompts you to go another way around the circle? So what prompts you to say, ah, now there's a, what's the feedback you get that, that where you think, ah, the user needs, we need to go back around at this and do the process or repeat some, some part of the process. Um, Maybe I, I, I wouldn't say that we need to do another round. We just do it constantly. And maybe it depends also on the on the following phases. Maybe they need some insights and they need to design now. So we now need to know the insights. We need to design a new solution, whatever. So that's there's a deadline, and uh, uh, for example. Um, so you do that constantly, but it could also be so, and, and maybe you don't have enough data yet. So data, I call data everything, any kind of information, customer feedback. I'm not confident enough. We only had 30 participants in that survey and I, I don't trust that. And, and, and or maybe we have 500 participants, but it doesn't make sense. So I'm not, however, so let's do it again. So it's allowed to do it again. Um, but maybe you cannot because you, you need to deliver, then still deliver. So that's what we know now. Maybe it's also based on assumptions. Maybe we don't have even time. So we are, I'm pretty pragmatic and we also are pretty pragmatic because you never have the time you want to invest. Maybe I only have one week because there's some pressure, no real time to talk to customers. Um, yeah. let's do it in it's all, it's, it's, it's not super scientifically correct, but no time. So let's do an internal workshop. We know our customers somehow. Let's do a with a heterogeneous group, some developers, product managers, uh, some some colleagues from support, maybe a stakeholder, a manager, a designer, another designer. Let's discuss what are the needs uh, of these people, and then no quantificate, no scientific quantification. Let's prioritize in a pragmatic way. Let's let's vote for the needs. So. These are the needs we know so far. Let's vote. Or also when you do research, these are the votes we got so far. Let's mm -hmm. let's vote or quantify, uh, uh, however. And then go to the next round. But you know there's more. And just, just do it constantly. And whenever you got new insights, maybe we started with the wrong assumption. 
And when you get a new insight and, oh, the world changed completely and we were wrong, which is fine. Uh, we are agile, fast and lean and so on. Um, then change. And I don't say that you should fail fast and try a lot of stuff and, and hope that one solution wins. But sometimes you don't have enough time to do your research as you would like to or to yeah. do proper research. And you need to deliver something it's, so for whatever reason. Yeah. Then it that's fine. So you're never done, but yeah. So maybe or you, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you experience these, but or you, we have that sometimes. You you kind of you come into a project and it's middle of development, right? They started, they already went, and suddenly doubts come up, or are we going into the right direction? Or there's 700 ideas now. What do we do? But but the app's there, like they're not going to go backwards, and then and then. So I really like this emphasis on the two things, on this pragmatism, like the world is as it is, like corporate reality is, is as it is. Sometimes it's there's deadlines and that's just what it is and we have to work away around it. So because that would have been one of my questions, like, okay, that's the framework, but what's the reality? And, and then I like this pragmatism. So this is where you orient yourselves. And and one I, I, I think one thing that we should really emphasize is we're really used to continuous development when it comes to the solution space. So everybody immediately agrees, yes, we should do this uh, continuously and always improve and blah, blah, blah. That seems to be like a given, but it's new to talk about this in the research part. So that well, that was my point. Yeah, exactly. And I really like this emphasis that, that, that this con con let's continuously do this. Some companies have done this all the time, but, but mostly it's a one-off kind of thing. And I really like this emphasis on, why not talk all the time to your users? Like have this continuously. A hundred percent, Jan. That's yeah. the thing that jumps out at me too. And the other thing is, yeah. if you've done a job, jobs to be done study, you'll you ultimately get a list of prioritized needs. And But then your question is, well, okay, here's the thing that's number one, number two, number three. Well, why are those number one, number two, number three? <laughs> and what are the root causes that are making these problems? In other words, you finish the research and you generate new questions. Now you go back to your qualitative. Maybe you've, maybe you've got a sense of those. You, but the point is you have new questions. It's almost you need the and if there's a lot and what what happens in practice, there's often a lot of time pressure. Hey, we have to hurry up and come up with ideas and launch the most brilliant thing. Maybe maybe uh, with Wolfram's map, maybe there is a decision and it goes forward, but. It, I love the idea of saying, you know what? Now let's dig into these new questions. What are the now? Now we we've learned a lot of things. Yeah. That doesn't mean we know everything. We've learned a lot of things. Okay, now what are the root causes of these top things? What are the other new contexts? Are there anyway? So I, I really love that idea of the con, of the continuous learning on the customer need side. Yeah. yeah, I think there's you can always get more insights, right? And what you mentioned, Jan, with the project. I also worked in project or I came to a new team or to a new project, which was already running. I cannot yeah. go there, tell 10 people, guys, stop. Exactly. Now, now we do <laughs> two right. months two of months research. That's right. <laughs> I'm the new research hero and wait for me. This is not working, but yeah. I work on that. So I try to get pragmatic. Uh, what is the job we are going to solve? Are some needs clear? Who are the users? Fine. Let's go with that based on some assumptions. And in the meantime, I did my research. So maybe a bit too late, but early enough for the next iteration. And that that's that's fine. 
um, and then I can bring in that later. Also, in the meantime, we have a lot of insights from earlier uh, surveys or research uh, activities. And I jumped into a, we, we got a new product solution was somehow defined already. I was able to go back to our uh, previous jobs to be done research and needs. And I, so this is a uh, usual uh, thing. Maybe you, you, you also experienced that. I had to search for the problems for that solution. So, uh, up and, and, the problem. yeah, <laughs> and there, there were problems. So, but yeah. I was able to deliver them and also even deliver them with some numbers. So this is a, uh, an underserved need. Um, and so I can back up the product owner or whoever. So, uh, you're on a good way, but maybe we should, uh, move a bit into that direction because we forgot to consider that need. So we can, with the next iteration, we can still, if the solution is already defined, you can, you can adjust with the new insights I got in the meantime, or I picked from earlier research. So it, it's, it, this framework looks complicated and very strict and dogmatic. And it's actually the opposite. It just tells us that's how it should be. And we can uh, look. We are here right now. We didn't do this, so it's just to remind us. It, and it's the 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 practical approach. It's is very pragmatic. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a as you mentioned a, a pragmatic uh, <laughs> approach, and this is a, a guide for for you to go through the projects. Yeah. Um, I I still wanted to um, look a bit more at this first phase because. One thing that is one of the core tenets of uh, jobs to be done, for example, well, not for example, uh, <laughs> one of the core <laughs> tenets of jobs to be done is is this idea, which is, I think, quite a powerful idea of the fact that jobs are stable in time and, and needs are stable in time. And I, and, and I always wondered really about this. And, and I just want to say that I think there's, there really is something to this so just to be clear, I'm focusing on the first phase, the understand phase and the loop there is in understand. Um, and I, I, I agree with you, uh, actually, but I'm just trying to tease out the difference. So where does this differentiate with the jobs to be done thing? Because the jobs to be done says, OK, you do the, the research, you have all the needs and everything. It's fixed and you're good to go for the next 10 years. Okay, I'm just kind of exaggerating a bit, but you see what I mean? You you can now go and develop solutions, et cetera, and you, you're, you're good to go and you, you have this golden document that you don't need to touch anymore. And I think that somehow seems wrong to me, uh, but I wondered what you could say about this. And maybe we can look at an example or something maybe with the gr the grill. What would it look like to to say, okay, we're gonna we've done uh, the research, we've understood, and now we're gonna go back again and reiterate this. What what does that look like uh, for you? And, and and where is jobs to be done somehow maybe not capturing the the full picture? So. I basically still agree with the jobs are stable over time and needs also. So when I, I, I have some general examples I also used to introduce, for example, listen to music. If I like to listen to music, um, it doesn't matter if I listen to LP or CDs or cassettes some years ago, or if I use a, a streaming service now, the importance, if I like listening to music, the importance of a specific need basically or of a job does not change but the satisfaction can change. 
for maybe uh, for example uh, when when uh, in march 2020 when corona came up the importance for a user to uh, remotely connect to someone if you are in that situation is it's important but uh, it got more relevant because uh, the the affected people are more and therefore maybe you should prioritize that need a bit higher and maybe also they realize that a, or the satisfaction is i don't know went down or the need was not that relevant uh, maybe it got even more important uh, remotely connect to others um so but in general i would say if in a specific job for a specific type of user um the need or the job is there this is valid for a long time this does not change it's independent of of time but the solutions can change and also the solution landscape can change the market can change and maybe our good enough product is not good enough anymore because others got, got addressed that need even better than we now we need to adjust not but sure. I thought needs were solution independent in terms of jobs to be done. So th this is where I find it's a, there's an interesting concept here because we're saying that somehow there's not an independence here because the needs change uh, when something in the environment, including the the other competition, so solutions, when solutions change, we have a change in needs here. So I, I just find I that's an interesting... I think there is there's a that that's a little bit more differentiated. I think there is two 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 different things that maybe get mixed up together. So I think one is like exactly how Wolfram said it. So what changes isn't the need, but it's its level of of fulfillment, its level of satisfaction. That that's relative to solutions, and that changes over time because solutions improve. Like for example, the I don't know, but you mentioned music, right? Listening to music. Um, the the, the 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 for example the the interference in in, in to the, to the sound quality because of the medium the sound is printed on well that's a weird way to say that if you use a cd sometimes you get hiccups right so that's still very important so that it doesn't get inter the, 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 the the piece of music doesn't get interrupted due to some kind of these technical reason is still very important but the degree of satisfaction has dramatically changed since i'm listening on a streaming device for example these kinds of hiccups don't happen anymore that often so my satisfaction with these hiccups went went up so now improve kind of so it's and it's quite obvious now in, if i'm a streaming service i wouldn't go around trying to improve those moments when playing as a piece of music are getting interrupted because that's solved. But the need is still very important because if, if you don't care about this and suddenly you get interruptions, I get angry again as a customer. Yeah, and so then there is that, a different yeah. set of things mm -hmm. that can change that are really this, and, and that's maybe the different level is, is this consumption chain related. So I think ODI would call this consumption, but Scott, you're more the expert, but consumption chain related. So really um, things like, changing the battery or charging the battery of a device that's related to the consumption of, of a certain specific solution. Right. So that's, that so has we're saying it's, con yeah. So consumption jobs might change, they are solution but, but non-consumption jobs would not change or satisfaction. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can yeah. see that satisfaction might change. I mean, we, we know of the Kano, um, uh, what's it called now? Uh, yeah, Kano model, Kano model. Um, so that makes sense to me. 
Yeah, satisfaction will get recalibrated in a couple ways with the new technology. First, which first we're happier with the new technology, but over time we become more we become recalibrated. Yeah. That becomes our expectation, and our our satisfaction can go back down again. Yeah. So yeah. It, if you think about, um, you know, Google somebody's satisfaction or... with the um, I don't know. I mean, um, the time to um. Here's a here's a consumption here's a consumption one a log on to the internet, uh, the time to do that in 1998 took a long time you had to do dial up but you were quite yeah. happy because it was you couldn't even do it at all <laughs> before. But I mean fundamentally also I mean, we we say minimize in jobs to be done we just want to minimize and I think this is interesting feature also that we don't actually define a specific like for requirements we don't define a specific target for the for that. So if we say minimize, well, okay, well, minimize, then there's a constant process. I don't need to redefine that that outcome because there's no there's no value attached to it, specific uh, value that's given. So, okay, so we're 1998 and I've minimized uh, the, the time to log on and now it's 2020 and I'm still minimizing, but I don't have to go and review that need. I would... And so maybe a, a question to you, Scott, as an uh, the ODI expert. So I would so I would say importance is still importance does not change is uh, is uh, stable, but uh, with the internet connection, uh, satisfaction went up because it's now faster, and this need is not that relevant anymore because there are maybe new needs come up with the new technology and they are even import more important. Then we get used to the speed of the internet yep. and uh, the expectations get higher and this need comes back because uh, 10 seconds is, is not good anymore. It needs to be milliseconds, whatever. And then this need is relevant and that's why you should constantly... So the need is still there and the importance also, I want to have a, a minimize the time it takes to connect to the internet when I'm at home, I don't know. And this is uh, 1998. It was fine because I was able to connect. Later, it was super because it was faster. Then I got uh, used to it, to the speed. And then uh, I saw others are even faster. And then my satisfaction goes down again. Importance, quickly connect to the internet. Always the same importance. That's why the need is still stable. But other needs can come on top or the need can get uh, satisfied enough or I'm not satisfied anymore. And that's why this need comes up. That's how I would, I don't know, yeah, if I'm, maybe Scott. Makes sense to me, makes better. sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I think that was perfectly explained. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can, can I, so can I, I, I'm really interested in, in another aspect of, of or kind of something that's related to all of this. So this is where the technicality and how, how do you apply it and all that different kinds of stuff. But in, 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 in the article that you write on, on, on Medium in this, where you explain your, your model, the customer-centric value creation model, there is a whole aspect, and you emphasize this a couple of times, the effect that has on collaboration. And um, so if you, don't, if you don't mind, I want to quote, I mean, and I really like this, you, you said this, so this has a lot to do with color. So that's a quote. Um, this has a lot to do with collaboration to discuss possible solutions um, to a topic. Everyone needs to understand the users and their needs. If you want to solve problems together and to have UX related and, and user focused discussions at eye level, 
Everyone in the team needs to have a basic customer-centric mindset. Now, I love this. So can you elaborate a little bit on how, how maybe something like JobSpin has helped collaboration, how, how that, uh, how, why that is relevant? Uh, yeah, so I, as a designer or researcher alone, I'm, let's say, nothing, right? I need others. So, and why, when I come up with a solution, or let's take the, the bridge example again, I come up with a bridge to my developer who has to develop that bridge. Um, and they might develop it and fine. But when I, that's why I, we are uh, teaching everyone on the customer centric mindset and jobs to be done and what UX is and why we need you, what users are and so on. When my team is uh, knows about the user and the job we are going to solve. Um, and for example, that bridge takes two months to release. Um, but the next release and managers uh, request uh, uh, an improvement for our customers already with the next release in two weeks. This bridge that I created that looks so nice takes two months or it's not feasible. Maybe let, let's say it's feasible, but it takes too long. If my developer colleague or the PO or the QA or I don't care, everyone knows about that's actually what, what I meant at the beginning. I also need to know what the user is, what the problem is. So if otherwise I cannot create a, a mock-up for that bridge. And if they know why I built that bridge, so to for, for 10 people to cross the river once in a lifetime, they never go back. Developer knows that. I cannot develop that bridge, but then he, then he can come up with a solution. Let's build a raft together. Mm -hmm. um, I have this, my framework uh, delivers a raft within four or five days. We even have one week left to test it. Let's do that raft. It also solves the job across the river and, and maybe it's even good enough. So we can deliver in two weeks. Manager is happy. Customer is happy. Let's check afterwards. We may not even need the bridge anymore. Or we Throw develop the, the bridge. <laughs> or we develop, so uh, bad for me because I like my bridge so much, but or we develop it in the background, but we can deliver already a solution to the customer. And maybe that need is then already addressed good enough. And we have other needs more important. And okay, let's let's do other stuff. The, the backlog is full, right? So let's go with the raft. We release the raft. Customers are happy. Uh, don't go to the competitor anymore. It's good enough. They complain, but that's okay. And that's 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 why I need others. Also, I need to check, is this feasible? And I want to have these discussions at eye level with my colleagues, not just the designer tells them what the design is. So everyone is responsible for the experience. And also every line of code, you, you, you don't see the code. And my mockup looks so nice, but if it takes too long to load, whatever, it's not a good experience. We talked about experience before. So every line of code influences the experience. So that's why... I rely on these guys. I also rely on the on the support colleagues. They do yeah. actually support does research the whole day. They are not called researchers, but they talk eight yeah. hours per day to customers. What I do when I organize a session with a customer, right? But not the whole day. I do other stuff also. So they are basically the real researchers, maybe, if they even uh, have the right questions and know about jobs to be done. And maybe they can even provide some needs by having the right questions and unlocking these needs in their calls with the customers. They also influence the experience with our product. So they, I also need them 
So that's why this is, you cannot do that alone. I need the support guys, I need the developers, they need to, to materialize what I have in mind yeah. and all the other colleagues. So, and we all need to uh, think from the customer perspective because yes, it works, done, check, no. Yes, it works, it, the function is there, but it takes too long, the label is not understood, doesn't look good, not well aligned, Others, other apps look better and the perceived experience, the, the perceived quality with the product is not good enough. If developers know about that and how uh, customers perceive the product psychologically and so on, we can do a better job. That That's just, that's I need them. We need each other. So they need my research and my design and I need them to develop it. So that's, that's how I see collaboration. I love this idea. Yeah. I, my question immediately goes to sort of the how does this work in practice? Do you, do the developers, do they participate in that understanding cycle with you? Um, yes. So in the meantime, so we train, so I or we as UX designers train and, and spread the UX mindset, what UX is. It makes sense. We use that bridge example and some other examples, which are quite convincing. I would say everyone says, oh, that, that makes sense. And we use that framework to to teach it and and some other uh, stuff and examples, and uh, this works. So and when we, for example, when we start a new project or I or I come to the team, I do a, and they never got into that. They never got that introduction. By the way, that introduction is done to every new R and D colleague since three years now. They all get the one hour oh, wow. full full uh, the UX jobs to be done mindset stuff. Then mandatory mindset, customer mindset training. Yes, exactly. Good. And then um, if this is not there, I do a quick introduction uh, and, and tell them what UX is and I need you, blah, blah, blah. And then we do a workshop together. So everyone is uh, invited to think from the customer perspective. So this is the job, this is the user, la, la, la. What can you imagine what their needs are? And then they think from the customer perspective. Later or already prepared, I bring in other needs and then they have that perspective and I can always go back to it. Do you remember the workshop? Do you look, this is the need. I just explain them what a need is and why it makes sense and so on. And that helps us to, and I always invite them to, to discuss with me, to collaborate. And uh, I, so yeah, I, I would say, yeah, it works. Oh, yeah. I, I like this, how, how kind of this, almost like this external, I mean, the external perspective, the external customer perspective is the thing that you can use to rally around, like where everybody kind of, kind of, yeah, can, can start to collaborate. So I really, I really like this, how, how, I mean, how would, how did you implement this at TeamViewer? I, I, I imagine, so I know of a lot of companies that would love to have something like that. So how, how did you get there? So I've been in the UX field since many years now, and and uh, and I always that's a special thing for designers, I guess. You always or researchers, especially, you always have to explain what you're doing, why you're doing that, right? So I do research, and I I remember uh, more than ten years ago in my previous company, we we wrote an offer research and then development and they just uh, got back to us and, and they they scratched out the, the research part we don't need that <laughs> and then we did a trick we just <clears throat> um uh, added more development time and still did the research and then they accepted <laughs> so 
that weird but yes so yeah. and i learned it uh i don't know the hard way or i just learned it that um it's very important uh, to always explain and i started to create a, a little slide deck uh, with some examples and why you what you exist so that i do not need to repeat it every time and over time in the last six seven years i have an extensive uh slide deck which is part of the customer centric value creation framework which i created together with my colleagues um and this evolved over time i got a new article i read a new book maybe scott your book or tim's book so oh interesting new insights and i read that article was at a conference talked to you Jan, in a meetup or so yeah. okay and and it it has i'm constantly updating it basically nice. and um yeah and so that's that's how we implemented it in in in, in the end and uh, everyone gets that introduction First, you talk to your direct colleague, then you to your team, then to your manager. So everyone who was not running away too fast at the beginning and still gets that introduction from me. So that's your ex. That jobs to be done. Uh, I, I I do not even use jobs to be cut, to be done. I sometimes call it just use case. It's wrong for us, but they are used to that term, and it it helps more to use a term that others understand than telling yeah. them. You need to understand yeah. jobs to be done. No, they, they they don't care. Jobs to be done go away. So I don't that I don't like the news thing here. Yeah, yeah I call yeah. it a use case. That's fine. They know what a use case is. It's um, whatever gets the job done, right? So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> uh, get them on board, and then uh, yeah, you 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 constantly explain and tell. You cannot even hear yourself anymore at some point. <laughs> repeating 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 but yeah so that's how i and as a as a ux designer how can you just slightly different question but how can you uh, somehow prove or showcase the value of the the work you do to the business how do um do you evaluate are you evaluated or how would you evaluate other ux designers Ooh, now, now you want to know exactly which features in TeamViewer are based on the... <laughs> no, because I mean, the, the, the issue, of course, is that um, it's 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 no, hard no. to connect yeah. the work, which I mean, I think we all agree is extremely yeah. valuable. I mean, we're all on board with, with how valuable this type of work is. But <clears throat> let's face it, in a company, I think often people will disregard this work or or... In the end, it's very difficult to draw a, a straight line between that work and the success of a product or or some increase in uh, profitability or whatever it is. Yeah. So so yeah. how do you someone in a position of UX, uh, yeah, uh, put their work forward so that it's recognized? So you are, I guess you are referring to the famous ROI of UX, right? Return on investment of UX, which is hard to explain. That's how I called it in the past. I call it just value and everyone contributes to the value. So the developers, UX, the research. So we want to create value for our customers. I cannot measure specific details of the product. They are coming from there. As I said, it's a collaborative effort. And I don't care if it's 90% of the super nice code that a developer created and the 5% that my research brought in, or it was that super nice insight, 90% of the new feature is coming from the research. I think it's hard to define that. And I, to be honest, I cannot. 
But if everyone understands it, and I just had a conversation this week and the PO confirmed that the insights helped him to be more confident what he is planning in the backlog as next steps, this helps. So the value and the appreciation also is if people come to you, approach you, Mm-hmm. So, oh, you can you can you talk can you tell that that approach to my team as well? And how do you use that? How do you do the research? Can you do that for me? And and stuff like this. I think I cannot. Maybe others can. I cannot value that this is now so good because of UX. I can just say we can just say probably you cannot maybe even measure a specific feature because also some other circumstances change. The world changes. People have less money, more money, another competitor, whatever. So can you measure that? I I don't know. But you can can create value together. And if you get more customers and if they are satisfied all from support department to the R&D department and the marketing department who does a good job, who explains the new feature pretty well because therefore they, they buy it, I think... You cannot even measure this, but that's then the collaborative effort of everyone. There's a maybe a weird, stupid answer, but I I cannot. I, I, I so don't well, I mean, I, I have a very bad story. pun that uh, could we say that it's about uh, people valuing the experience of uh, working <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. So. You, yeah. So UX has a great UX, right? <laughs> UX has a, uh, a need needs a good UX with the with the rest of the. The organization i mean when you do not need to explain why you do what you do anymore or not that often anymore you that's already an yeah. achievement right mm-hmm. and if you are so i mean i am allowed to do that ux introduction since three years to all new r&d colleagues which has been a lot in the last three years that's already somehow probably makes sense but yeah. because I mean, and I and I I, I gave a, a talk in the company uh, last last at the end of last year, and the feedback was like, oh, so because not everyone is uh, applying yeah. that right now yet, but many but not all. Oh, can that this, this sounds good? Can you get more? Now we have another course on that a training on the topic because the feedback was good. So this is this is for me the value. So it's not completely wrong what we are doing, and also other colleagues have an easier daily life because they do not need to explain mm-hmm. too often or they are approached more often than before. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And if I may have also another question a bit in that direction, what would you um, advise a younger UX person who feels maybe uh, he or she is not being listened to or the proposals that are made? And I think we discussed this also um that you know, sometimes you do a lot of research and it's not used or it's not. So how can uh, someone in that situation try and uh, change that situation? It's a very good question. So um, I'm I'm we have a, I have many students led through their uh, um, internship uh, in the meantime here at Teamur, and I'm maybe what I'm telling them. So it's hard to insist or negotiate when the solution is already there, right? So just do the bridge. And and when I started my career, maybe I would have just done the bridge and not have too much questions. Um, I would just say, I would say, just do it. Don't ask, I had a conversation with another colleague, uh, a junior, some time ago. 
she was not allowed to do the research so they they told me not to do it or um or, or yeah. we didn't have time or so or this can happen a, a, anywhere so don't ask for uh don't ask for a, a, allowance just do it and um ask for um was it uh forgiving for Jan help me yeah don't um, don't, yeah, ask, don't for, ask, ask for permission, permission ask for forgiveness exactly yeah exactly just do it and and I also did it so I do not need to ask if I can do research it's part of my job so I just do it and uh bring the information and we had another situation some some time ago with a with a colleague uh, she was presenting a solution or an idea and she got a lot of questions and feedback then we talked about it and then uh, uh, we decided to bring in the need statements and the jobs we are going to solve and present it then. So, uh, of course, an improved version. And she presented like, this is a job. These are the needs we are going to solve. This is my solution. She got way less comments and questions because it was clear. Again, jobs to be done is a good framework or a good tool to, to introduce stakeholders or whoever to a to a solution it's already i mean you need it before you do the solution and communicate that and i had a, an, another example i had a conversation uh, last week for a feature i presented it and a stakeholder said no we don't need that that doesn't make sense i knew from the research that this is a very important need even quantified and and i convinced him so it's not about i am right he's wrong that's not the case here but because I was confident and was I was able to to explain my solution even to myself. I need to I need to be able to explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. And with that base, so gather that insight, uh, get the uh, get the the, the needs you are uh, so clarify the most important questions. Why are you doing that? What is the goal? What is the job? What are the users? What are their needs? And then do your stuff. You can do it pragmatically. Just Write down the needs on your own if you don't have time for research. Go to your PO or your product manager and get a confirmation. Are we so? Is this the needs we are going to solve? And if they confirm, if you are a junior, already fine. You you at least internally you are right. You can be right out uh, wrong outside because you internally had a wrong. Uh, decision you identified or, the wrong needs yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Do this and use it to to do your stuff without the you can use jobs to be done or something else. I don't care, but I would recommend jobs to be done and the needs and the jobs and the uh, and the user or job performer. Clarify that pragmatically with your PO or even better with some research, and then do your 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 typical UI work. Um, that would be my recommendation. It helps a lot. That's very, very nice. So maybe uh, uh, it's time to find a way of, of I, I feel like we need maybe another session. That's that's with most of the guests, so to be honest. So I think like I, I really liked how you showed showed this model, how you how you how you implemented the pragmatism that you bring to it. I think that's very like that's a survival thing that you just mm -hmm. need, I think, uh, because it's not about if you would be dogmatic, I think you wouldn't be talking. So <laughs> I like that a lot. Maybe to, to end in this in this sense, um, we always have this special question at the very, very, very end where you kind of open up again. So, and of course you are from the more digital uh, software side of it. So if you could um, kind of, I'll give you for the, so Google always has kind of either an, a sketch or it has a, a, 
a quote or whatever on, for one day. It's, it will be on the Google. It will be on Google. It will be so everybody who visits Google would see that quote or that that sketch. What would that be if you could choose? Oh, I listened to so many episodes and I didn't prepare myself for that. <laughs> uh, stupid guy, me. Um, That's always the most difficult question, I think, for everybody. Like at the end, what would I do? Totally, you have um, to. Maybe, or, some, maybe just put a better. counter. <laughs> you can, or you can also either Google or you can put it into everybody who uses TeamViewer would see it for one day. <laughs> Uh, oh, this, yeah, all right. Um, so if it if it would be everybody in Teamwork, I would uh, move everyone to our publicly available uh, surveys and jobs to done surveys to get <laughs> even more insight. So that's what I'm actually trying uh, to nice. get done uh, right now. Okay. Otherwise, something like I don't know, a nice image with the message "Don't be an asshole," something like this. So that's, maybe, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> That's that's a very good one. <laughs> All right. Hey, Wolfgram, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. And that concludes today's Product Quest podcast. So please send any comments or ideas for future shows to productquestpodcast at gmail.com and see you next time. If we were ever going to create a company, you're our UX person, I can tell you that. You're right, you're right.